0: Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of Podcraft. This is the show all about podcasting, everything from launching your show to monetization and everything in between. I'm Colin Gray, as always, joined by Matthew McLean down in Snowy Fife. Matthew, how's, uh, how's everything looking down there? Still the apocalypse?
1: Yeah, that's right. It's um this is a new one for us, isn't it? Re- yeah. re- recording podcraft in separate locations. I know. Yeah. Doing the old double ender, recording our, our own sides of the conversation to be synced up later on. But um <laughs> yeah, five five is mental just now. Thunder, lightning and snow, which I've never actually seen before up until uh, the last couple of days. So <laughs> it is um it's it's truly apocalyptic here at the moment at the time of recording.
0: Yeah, it's it's alternating between blue skies and blizzards outside here as well. So it's uh, typical Scottish weather going from summer to winter within 10 seconds. <laughs> hey, we're used to that. <laughs> but anyway, we're here to tie up the season of PodCraft, this current season. Uh, highly produced podcasting, season nine of PodCraft, isn't it? Um, and actually that ties on to what we're going to talk about at the end of this show. We'll give you a wee tease of what's going to happen in the next season, in season 10 of PodCraft, so hitting the double figures. uh, And we'll mention, we'll talk a little bit about what we're going to do on the next season by the end of this. But this is the last episode of the Highly Produced Podcasting series. And what we want to go through is take you through the tools and a few of the tricks that we use to work together to produce a highly produced podcast. Because as we've talked about over the last few weeks, um, the last few weeks, last few months even... Uh, You know, there's a lot of work because into a highly produced podcast, people can do it together, but often you want to work with other people as well on producing that show. So it could be a team, it could be working with a producer, might even just be by yourself, but using tools to help you organise all of the information you get. Because often you're sourcing lots of interview material from different people, uh, lots of different narratives from yourself. You know, there might be a storyline going through the whole thing and you need to just... Figure out how it all comes together, right from planning through to scripting, through to recording, through to production. So we're going to go through uh, basically the whole process that we follow to put together a highly produced podcast. That sounds good, Matthew? Sounds good to me, yeah. Good, good. So, well, we start with planning, how we plan the show in the first place. Um, what, do you, what do you get out first? Like when you first think about a podcast, like I'm going to create a new show, create a new episode, a new whatever. What's the first tool you pull out to start noting things down?
1: I am uh, I've mentioned this before on the show I'm a bit of a luddite that um I, I tend to use word documents it's just uh, something oh. I've always done um but you know that's that's just for general note taking but yeah. Yeah. we've obviously um started to use tools like well not started to use we've been using Evernote um for years now because it's it's very handy for yeah, uh, yeah. sort of sharing um and more recently we've been using Notion as well which I'll admit, like, I hate it. Um, And it it probably is brilliant, but I think you need to spend some time learning it, and I've just never done that. So I I just, I find it really annoying and difficult. Um,
0: It is a funny one, isn't it? It's um, for people out there that haven't used it, Evernote, I'm sure you've all heard of Evernote. Evernote is the the kind of ubiquitous note-taking tool, and it just gives you very basic uh, text notation type. You can just type in stuff. You can get a bullet point list, but that's about as far as the formatting goes. Um, But with Notion, it's basically, it's a wiki. So the reason I like Notion is the fact that you can... You can, you can collaborate much more easily. So it's almost, a, it's a bit like Google Docs. We've used that in the past for collaboration too, and that two people can edit the same document really easily. But the thing I like about Notion is the fact that it lets you organize documents. So we've got, for example, with, uh, Podcraft. So this season of Podcraft. We have a page which is the index of all the PodCraft episodes from 901 down to 908. Um, And then you can click those links and you go into a separate page, which then has the notes for each episode. And each one has a title. And then we can go back up to page, you know, the season nine outline. We can have notes in there uh, to do with the entire season. Then we can go back up to the next level above and it's actually just the PodCraft and the PodCraft index. And we've got season one down to season nine. And we've actually got season 10 in there as well to start planning that out. So it's just it lets you actually organize documents a lot easier. So it gives you the collaboration. So two people can work on a document really easily. But it also lets you have that hierarchical, hierarchical organization where you have uh, you can organize things really well. So that's the reason I like it. But you are right. There's a lot of stuff in there that's not very intuitive in terms of how you create bullet points and mm. headers and all that kind of stuff I've got used to it, actually, I do think it's really quick and easy now, like you never have to use the mouse you just you just use keyboard shortcuts the whole way, but then you have to learn them in the first do, place.
1: Do you feel like a hacker when you're uh, taking notes on it using the you know, just <laughs> using the keyboard and typing Yeah, yeah. because it. yeah, it's, it's yeah, almost it's, it's not code or anything but yeah, yeah. like you, you use kind of shortcuts to set up like what you're writing and stuff, like I say it yeah, probably yeah, is brilliant yeah. um, but with stuff like this, I just think like when it, when I come to sit down to do something, I think I could create or yeah. I could learn how to do yeah. some, and right. I know that it'd be beneficial to learn it. But I just tend to.
0: But you to want to create? Get on with my work. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. No, you're right. It's a good to have that attitude, and I'm guilty of um, procrastinating by learning new tools instead of doing the work. <laughs> so it's good to have somebody else who's uh, who's less likely to let me away with that. Uh, that uh that impulse <laughs> but i do i do genuinely like notion has changed the way that i do all my planning like i used to do everything in evernote and it used to really annoy cuz the the thing i don't like about evernote is that basically there you can organize stuff in folders and tags and things like that but it's just not the way that your mind works it's not like folders on a computer it's it's you have to search for stuff really and i don't like the way evernote does its searching and again i could probably manage that more effectively. But I just like the way that Notion, you know, you've got your sections. It's like, it's like a folder system. It's like just when you go into your computer and you try and find a file. And I like that. Or it's like a website. That's basically what it is. You're building a website, but it's all collaborative and you can all edit each page. So yeah. What, tricky what, what...
1: What about uh, Trello? Because we're we're both, I think, big fans of that, aren't we? For yeah, yeah, organising yeah. things, I yeah. mean, uh, I use it certainly quite a lot. Um, yeah. We use it together, so it's it's a really good tool, isn't it?
0: It's it, Trello is a great planning tool, but I find Trello is good for the high level stuff, managing tasks and collaborating on tasks and talking about where you're at and recording what stage you're at, that kind of thing. But it just doesn't store information very well.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, you I, can't
0: you can't have a big bunch of text in there, or we. Well, I mean, you can, but it's just not it's not the ideal format for it, I find for a script, for example. So yeah, it's good. It's good for the organizing though.
1: Yeah, like um, I've had in the past, you know, lists where stages that were at with stuff, and you've got like the boards are sort of the tasks, and then the cards yeah, yeah. are like the the individual jobs, and it's good. It's satisfying when you can move stuff like through the process, sort of left yeah. to right. Um and a a sort of done uh, column, so I really like Trello. It took me, you know, it took me maybe a year to properly get uh, really into it, but um, it it is it is one of the things that I use the most now for my sort of organisation.
0: Aye. No, it is really good. It's a really good tool. And I bet you a lot of people will want to use that because you could set up a board which had, you know, a card for each episode uh, and you could have a script in each card. I mean, it does. It does support formatting. you can have headers and bullet points and all that kind of stuff. So it's possible. And you could even have like um, a checklist for each episode. You know, you've got your script there, but you've also got a recorded, edited, published, scheduled, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it can work really well. Yeah, Um, you get
1: wee notifications like you could set deadlines, it'll pop up and tell you something's due. If you're lucky enough, we talked about... creating a team in the last episode if you're yeah, lucky enough to have yeah. a team you can delegate uh, jobs out to other people or you can yeah. delegate it to yourself
0: that um, that's the thing i like most about trello actually that's where we use it most isn't it because we have it as our our kind of team organization thing where i can say matthew can you do this judy can you do that brian can you do this and basically it pops up on your screen doesn't it? i just have to create the card delegate it to somebody and it pops up in your tasks which is really handy um, yeah. So, I mean, these are all useful tools for, it, aren't they? I mean, the basic form is like you said, a Word document. You know, you have a Word document which has your scripts in it um, and it's in text. You're creating a bullet point script, basically. Uh, the old version was we did it in Evernote so that we could collaborate on them. Uh, maybe it wasn't as well organized, but it's nice and simple. And nowadays, like we say, we are using Notion to actually organise all our scripting for the podcast. So hopefully you reckon that gives people a good enough idea of how we put together a set plan inside of it.
1: Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. And i I think the next thing we wanted to talk about was was scripting, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. so uh, you, Colin, you've admitted that you're a, a bit of a new tools <laughs> fanatic. so what yeah. are uh, what' are some of the the scripting platforms that you've been using recently?
0: <laughs> um, so we still we still do do some I mean when it comes to highly produced podcasting. You know, our our scripting is actually mostly normal episodes like this one. Our scripting is actually a Notion or Evernote or Trello or whatever it is, isn't it? But when it comes to highly produced podcasting, you're putting together these quite big scripts. You're doing word for word stuff. You're bringing together all the interviews and all that kind of stuff. And that suddenly, for me, that suddenly makes it worth spending a bit of time on finding a more involved tool on it. And uh, we did use Word Docs originally on... For example, um, UK business startup, that was probably our first attempt at this together, wasn't it? At highly produced podcasting. Mm. And we used, we used Word docs for that because we were basically just uh, getting our interviews transcribed with Rev. So there, there's the first tool, I suppose, with scripting. We always get our interviews transcribed. So we use rev.com. Uh, or, um, more recently we've experimented with Trint. So Trint's an automated one. So it's a lot cheaper, but a fair bit less accurate. So it's decent for, this type of purpose if you're just using it as a guide to going through your content then something like trint the automated version can be okay although i found it even with our accents i think it probably works better for american accents <laughs> maybe that's what it's tuned for but it it got a lot of our stuff wrong didn't it
1: yeah minor point on that it has uh, it has an accent drop down menu but mm-hmm. it has, like, um, male and female American, and but it's got British male or British female. Yeah, so, again, yeah. like, um, if uh, if anyone's ever seen the sketch, there's a, a Scottish comedy show. I don't know if it's Chewing the Fat or one of the other ones, but it's the two Scottish guys in the lift, and it's the voice-automated lift. <laughs> and... Uh, He's trying to say what floor, and it keeps saying, uh, Sorry, I don't understand. And because it's a Scottish accent and it's yeah. tuned into the English accent. So yeah, it was a bit yeah. like that, I think. Um,
0: yeah, Trent's probably uh, tuned to BBC Queen's English, isn't yeah, it? Which is uh, not a as. world apart. It's, it's basically as different from the American accent as. Uh, we are from from that accent, isn't it? <laughs> Might as well be a different place. Um, yeah,
1: it could be quite uh, quite interesting when you read through through those transcriptions. But um, yeah, yeah, you know, if 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 you know the the gist of it, if you mm-hmm. like, it still enables you to pick out the stuff that you're yes. looking
0: for. Yeah, for basically a tenth of the cost of Rev, like Rev is basically uh, about a dollar per minute. Uh, sorry, that's not right. A dollar per. Is that right? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Aye, a dollar Aye. per minute for Rev and it's about 10 cents a minute for Trent. So it is a tenth of the cost. So if you can muddle through or if you know that it, it can handle your accent reasonably well, then it's well worth a look. <clears throat> but anyway, that's where we start. So we have these interviews. We get these through from Rev. And basically, that was the the first time round. We just used those Word docs, didn't we? I just pulled together. I was just looking through these Word docs. I was just pulling out themes. I was just copying and pasting from one doc to another. Um, and it worked okay. But... I just found it really laborious, like copying it around like that. And it was just, it was just quite annoying trying to find the right section. Like you've got a 20 page Word doc and you're, you're going down to page 18 and trying to pull that up to page two because that's where the, you know, the, uh, the being lonely as an entrepreneur theme, that's where I was kind of collating all that information. So that was just a pain in the arse. So that's when I moved over to Scrivener. So you'd heard of Scrivener before I told you about it. In fact, I think you were the first person to mention it to me, weren't you?
1: I think so. Yeah. It's something that, um, I've, come across a lot being discussed in the sort of audio drama community uh, yeah. a lot of folk are, are fans of scrivener so um yeah i mean that's that's the sort of software that you hear the people writing anything from from tv scripts or podcast scripts to even yeah. novels as well so yeah
0: yeah it's a real kind of um pro writing tool isn't it I think it's known like you say by authors um and I came across it back in uh 2000 13 I think yeah it would be about 13 because I was doing my PhD at the time and it was it's known as well about as a really good way to put together a thesis um Because basically, I mean, the principle is that Scrivener is a way to organise really, really big documents. So if you're writing a book, you're writing a thesis, you're writing something that has lots of stuff in it. it, You do that in a Word doc, suddenly you've got a 200 page Word doc, which is impossible to navigate. Like you're trying to scroll down to page 180 to edit something or to change a character name or something like that. Um, That's no use. So I start playing with it then. And I found... That, um, from my experience there, I suddenly thought with the and playing around with those word docs, I suddenly thought, well, Scrivener would do this really well. You know, what I'm doing is I've got, I've got four different interviewees. I'm trying to pull together different parts of their content. I'm trying to bring them over into the main script. I'm trying to keep track of different ideas. And that's exactly what Scrivener's for. It has all these different a- areas within um Scrivener, you've got the main script area, and you can click around all the different pages, and you can create different documents for different concepts. You can create a document for each character, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's it's kind of hard to describe, but it's it's almost a bit like I've described Notion as earlier. Like you can you can really well organize things in it, and you can have two parallel screens side by side, so you can open up your, you know, I the way I used to work was I would have the full interview. For So with Converge, the Converge Challenge podcast that we've just produced, we had four interviewees for that and then we had the main script and I had the uh, interviewee document open on the left screen and then I would have the main screen, the main script on the right screen and I would be reading through the interview. and just sort of picking out the bits I wanted, pulling it over to the right screen, copy and pasting it into the main script. And I would be able to flick around on that right screen really easily between different themes or different parts of the script. So I could read through on the left and pull it over into the right place on the right and just organise it really well. It was just, I just found it really easy. So had you had a chance to play with it yet?
1: No, I haven't. Um, It's the same point, you know, it, it just to me looks like it would be brilliant, but it's just this massive procrastination black hole. So again, when I'm sitting down to write, I just want to be writing. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, a word document, like you see, word documents they just don't handle like anything of any substantial length you wouldn't want to, to write a book in there or anything yeah, um, yeah, yeah, so I yeah. could totally see the, the benefit of something like that. How, how is it for sort of like collaboration and sharing does it work on that front?
0: Not so good for that, it's not designed for that it's basically designed for one writer but you can do it in that if you just save the, uh, the save file to Dropbox then you know you could load it up, you can't do it at the same time but if we make sure that we're only opening it up at different times that you could edit my scrivener file and get it all out so it can work Um, i have heard reports that uh, because it's quite a complex um app that dropbox can mess up the files every now and again so i've been kind of saving off versions so every every few weeks i'll save a new version just in case i have to go back Um, you know if it breaks it or something like that but yeah it's not designed for that but it's possible through dropbox
1: one thing, uh, one sort of final thing on the, the scripting front that I would say as well is that although it is like really important to get the, the best tools to do the job, I've come across a lot of people over the years who, you know, use all these tools and they're really good at them and they could tell you like what the, this is the script format you should use and that and their actual like writing is pretty rubbish. So um <laughs> I, I would I would always say to the listener that like your content is always far more important than what you use to create the content like what you're using is is important and you know it could if you get the right stuff it could work really well it could save you a lot of time but like you know if you create a brilliant show on like a text document that's absolutely (laughs) fine nobody you know the end listener doesn't care about that so um yeah don't don't get too hung on that up on this stuff over your actual content
0: Yeah, it's what works for you. It's what makes it easiest for you to create good stuff. And I I just found that learning Scrivener made it easier for me to create the highly produced type shows that we're doing just now. So that was worth it. But um, it might not be for other people. It might be that it actually works fine in Word Docs for you. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, One thing I would say, we've mentioned the transcribing the interviews. One thing I didn't really mention, like, why we do that. Um, I just find... I don't know about you, Matthew. Do you? How do how do you go through sort of an interview? Like if you were in the past, you're trying to go through and sort of pick out the good stuff. How do you go about that?
1: Um, well, usually, you know, picking out the... I think we talked about this on a previous episode, but mm-hmm. we use, we do use the sort of colour coding, don't we? Mm-hmm. So um, if you're looking at the different themes of either your episode or your season, so mm-hmm. you might be running through and saying, OK, I need to pick out uh, quotes that are quite sad, quite poignant. Mm-hmm. I'm going to yeah. colour code them yellow. Yeah, you go through yeah. them and colour code them yellow. It's always good to be listening to the audio whilst you're doing that, I find, because... Um, just because it's written down, uh, it it could be said in a way that doesn't really work in the final yeah, piece. Yeah, so, the
0: tone's different. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So it's just um, it's just sort of starting to work through and 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 categorise if you like the um, the different themes that you'd want to use in the show.
0: Yeah. 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 I think what we've done mostly, sorry, just to go back one step as well. The fact, I mean, I find it much easier to skim through and and really kind of collate the good ideas, find the themes, all that kind of stuff in text. That's why I get it transcribed in the first place, I think, Um, because it just takes, I think I find it takes a long time to do it if you're listening. So if you just listen through the whole thing, but you're absolutely right. I mean, it's more accurate, isn't it? Because you can, you might miss something really meaningful if I'm just reading it because I don't hear the tone of voice. I don't hear that they're really slowing down and it really means something to them and there's some emotion in their voice and things like that. So, you know, there's pros and cons, I suppose, but often when we're doing client shows... There's kind of time pressures and, and there's a bit of going through the text to try and find some highlights. And then you'll do the edit based on what I've created that script. Eh? Certainly with the Converge one, that's the way we've done it. Um, and then we'll find sometimes it doesn't work, like you say, because of the tone. So actually I'll have to change it afterwards. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of why I, I kind of, I think we get them transcribed in the first place. Um, and then one final point on that with Rev, it costs a bit more money, but you can get the time codes put in. And that is such a time saver. It's worth that 25 cents, isn't it? Because <laughs> you can, you basically, they put in what the time, every 30 seconds, I think it is, they've got a time code in the script. And it means that I can just pull out bits of the script and copy and paste them wherever, but you can still find them really easily, can't you?
1: There was a thing in, uh, a feature in Trent as well now that I think of it, so that um, like you play the audio, as you were oh, yeah, reading yeah. the yeah. Um, transcription. So that, oh, you know, the, the transcription is not going to be as good because the robot did it, but mm-hmm. uh, you can play the audio as you're sort of reading through it all on the same page, which I thought was a pretty neat feature. Do
0: you know, it's a really good point. I haven't actually tried it that way because, yeah, you're skimming through in the text. It lets you skim through really easily, but you can also, like you say, you can get the tone of voice. You can sort of play a little bits just to check what they sound like. So, yeah, maybe we should try that in the next one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um right what's next is that all uh, for scripting do you think
1: yeah i think we're on to production organising production aren't we so um yeah so uh, when we when we record audio i guess what's what's really the first thing we do once we've recorded it but to save it multiple times
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it, I think it's worth mentioning like how we organize it all just because you're working, when you're working with audio, especially a highly produced show, you end up with like dozens of files, don't you all of them, all of which are quite big. Um, we used to use Dropbox for just about everything, so we would just have shared Dropbox files wouldn't we share dropbox folders i should say and every time we finish recording something as soon as i press stop on the recorder i'll pull out the memory card i'll put it into the computer and i'll copy it to the relevant folder because i find this if you don't do it right there and then it just gets lost doesn't it Mm
1: -hmm. yeah (laughs) i think um a big lesson I've learned over the years is to just name your files as quickly as you can as well, oh, yeah, like the yeah. minute you're transferring them anywhere, just put a name on it because there's nothing worse than going back into a folder and it's like you know the generic uh, titles that Zoom, the Zoom recorders Zoom like,
0: 015712
1: Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> okay, and you know you're looking at the size of it and um, it's just uh, it's, it's so beneficial just to name that up front, uh, it yeah, saves you yeah. a lot of time in the long run.
0: And and put a bit of effort into the names as well. Don't just say uh, first recording dot or yeah, you know. I've done that
1: before, yeah.
0: because <laughs> you, you think it all makes sense at the time, like because it's just forefront of your mind. But put some effort into making sure it's really clear. If some, if assume that it isn't you that's looking at it, so you're explaining it to somebody else entirely. That that usually is a good um, principle for naming anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of uh, again in the audio drama community, a lot of people who are very very. Anal about the old file name, and they've got their systems. You know, it's um, it's name underscore, you know, session underscore, and then they'll have a wee short code for like the date and everything like that. So if yeah. you if you um if you're that way inclined, you might be able to get a wee system in place that works really well. Yeah, um yeah. I've never been that organised, but I try my best to to at least uh name it in a way that I know what it is when I'm coming back, maybe a few yeah. months later.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's so easy to forget, isn't it? And yeah, we, we, I'm sure I've lost quite a few files over the years just forgetting to transfer it straight away. Uh, and, uh, yeah. We I mean, just to go, so Dropbox is the one we use for the main editing, but we have a network drive as well. So we've got a network, what's it called again? Network access storage or something, a NAS, NAS drive, which is on our network. So we can both access that from our computers. And we did experiment with editing from there, didn't we? Um, but it was actually, uh, because it's drawn it over the network, it's actually a bit slow. So you ended up, what we do now is have the main project, the current project on Dropbox, but have the the inactive ones on the network drive, don't we?
1: Yeah, it was just, it was causing a wee bit of issues. Um, sometimes it wasn't... Uh contacting Adobe Edition and stuff like that. So mid session it would just kinda crash. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so have have your have our current session in, like you say, Dropbox, but then everything that's that's done can get moved into that uh drive for storage. And then uh, on the other side as well, like you might be through in the studio uh recording a wee bit of narration for me or that. You could just save it directly into that um that drive, and I could pick it up at my end. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't even need to go into the, the cloud, it yeah, can just yeah. uh, sit in there. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's been a good uh, addition that
0: yeah definitely i mean you can access all the old stuff really easily even yeah even if it's not doing the direct editing there it's still available to everyone everywhere isn't it and i mean dropbox is great but it's it is um limited in file size like a terabyte is a big we use the pro account and a terabyte is a lot of space but actually as soon as you're working with like 500 megabyte one gigabyte audio files a lot of them (laughs) it's not uh, it's not long and filling it up so yeah
1: so what about um, Adobe Audition? Because that's that's what we're really doing all our, our mixing work in. Mm-hmm. But the same same rules apply to any any editing or, or recording software, don't they? Just um, saving a, a project. I think is it a project they call it in Audacity? Yeah, and I think a, so. Yeah, a session yep. in addition, I think. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know, whatever they call it, the the, the same rules apply. Really, that you're uh, setting up this sort of multi-track, all well, your elements in there and if you're working with other people it's quite important to really have um a system in place isn't it like a bit of understanding in your your workflow and make sure everything's quite clear or somebody else could come in and and totally undo all the work you've just
0: done (laughs) yeah totally i mean i we didn't actually set this up ahead of time but i've kind of got used to because you basically do all of our 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 big audio production so i've kind of got used to the way you work but if it was if it was a few people who are sharing the audio production you'd want to set this up ahead of time but i know that you tend to have a track per speaker you have music and the sort of top track um so i know exactly where to look every time i open up a new audition project because of that standard like you say because of that process that you follow it just about every single time it's really easy for me to jump into one of your audition projects and start playing around with it and know that i'm not screwing it up (laughs) because because i know generally how it looks and how you set it up
1: yeah my my workflow is is drastically improved over the last few years because I was sort of Although I was at college studying radio, um, I was self-taught with addition because, t- to be honest, like the course didn't teach you very much uh, practical <laughs> skills. Um, and, and so I used to work in maybe two tracks when I was putting some together and it didn't really matter what clips I was bringing in. They would overlap on track one and two, but it was mm-hmm. like sort of brickwork. So you'd maybe have the intro music on uh, track one mm-hmm. and then the narrator would start talking on track two. Then it would maybe cut to an interview clip back on track one, and then it would go back to track two. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like it was just this um, sort of zigzag audio <laughs> yeah, yeah. clips, yeah, in back and
0: the, forth between just two tracks, yeah,
1: yeah. And the the problem was the the control that I then had over these clips had to be all done individually, so I would yeah. have to go in and use the envelope to adjust uh, certain. Uh, volumes and things like that. I would have to go in and EQ everything separately. Yeah, yeah. But nowadays, uh, using the the track one track for everything basically. Mm-hmm. Um, if there is, you know, if if I need to take some of the low end off a of voice, I could do that to all the clips because they're all in the same track. I could yeah. add a couple of dB of volume or take a a couple away. Um, and, and naming these tracks as well is just really yeah. important just for yeah. like an at a glance sort of idea of what you're looking at when you open yeah. it up
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, even if you're even if you're not going to work with anyone else, even if you think right now, well, this doesn't apply to me because I don't have a team. I'm not. It's just me. I understand it. It's funny when you go back and look at a project from a year ago. You want to go and make some edits or bring something out there to use elsewhere. You can go. Well, I don't. What did I do here? I have no idea because <laughs> you're not doing the same thing every time. So, yeah, it's yes. it's useful even for prompting yourself.
1: <laughs> it's it's kind of like what we talked about in the building a team episode. Like you you should always act as if you're working on a team, even if, if you are the team, because yeah, yeah. eventually if you do have a team, it's good just to be in the habit of doing it this way.
0: Yeah, 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 definitely. So, I mean, on the pro- the production, maybe to give a, a quick example, again, that uh, the Converge uh, Challenge podcast, just because this is the most recent, um, highly produced show we've done, I would tend to basically give you uh, the script. So, <clears throat> it would be, it would come from Scrivener. I would write that in Scrivener. It would have all the color coding. It would have the time codes and all that kind of stuff. You would have those source recordings. You would actually put it together in addition based on that script, wouldn't you? Because you can see the time codes. You can see the bits that I've, uh, I've actually marked as cutting out. I would tend to use the strike through. So highlight a bit and strike through a sentence if I think we take that out. Um, and you would work through and basically put that all together. You would pick out some music, put that in as a bed um, based on the direction and the script. And then I would go in after that and kind of review it as the sort of put together. I was the person that put together the sort of story, the narrative, all that kind of stuff. So I would go through and review it and then I would actually make some further edits based on that. And I think that's quite a good process. Um, and you do the same basically for hostile worlds for example don't you because you're the one that's creating a lot of the content for that so we'll actually you end up producing a fair bit of it as well but you have to send that away for to actors and all that kind of stuff that comes back to you, you put it together and then we kind of review it at the end don't we so that's the kind of process we go through for production certainly
1: yeah and that uh putting that converge episode together so i'm i'm pulling out the the, the main chunks of the you know that the segments from the interviews that have been highlighted, but then you'll be looking through these, you'll be listening through each of these clips because although the, the all the contents there, there might be bits that need edited within those clips as well. So then yeah, you start yeah. to whittle it down, and and it, it it sort of tightens the whole thing up, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Aye, indeed. All right. I think. Anything else you want to cover there on production?
1: Uh, no, I think that was pretty much all I wanted to to talk about on that front. Mm-hmm. Cool.
0: I think that pretty much ties it up. That's pretty. That's the process we use, isn't it? There's no other tools really that tie into what we do for highly produced podcasts. I mean, like we say, we we do use a few sort of relatively complex tools, like Notion for the planning, and Scrivener for the scripting, and stuff like that. But we try and keep it as simple as possible. Yeah, that's <laughs> if, the thing. Yeah. Don't,
1: you don't. You're not in this to spend all your time. Uh, doing all the sort of admin work. This is this is meant to be making your life easier rather yeah. than harder. So
0: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well that tie up then that's the end of the season we've made it through eight more episodes of PodCraft that's season nine finished up um, as usual we, we could do a Q&A episode if people have any questions I'm not sure how much will come out of this one but if you have any questions by all means send them in you can do it a couple of ways either email into info at thepodcasthost.com and just let us know any of your questions related to highly produced podcasting anything that's come up on this season uh, or you can tweet us give us the questions preferred to get them that way to be honest because keep them so nice and there. concise and easy to process tweet us at the podcast host and i'll keep a log of them and we'll maybe do um, if we get a few of them we'll do maybe do a follow-up episode in between now and the next season that would be a kind of q and a type thing um so yeah send them on in if you have any Otherwise, if,
1: re- if you email and make the title hppqs
0: <laughs> oh, good, good, good idea, organisation Yeah, that's, that's me, good naming processes <laughs> So it's so what we got next, what's coming up next Matthew?
1: Well it's our, uh, it's our testimonial isn't it, I was going to say centenary, it's not our centenary um, <laughs> We had we a had hundred episodes we didn't even notice yeah, uh, yeah. last year But um, yeah, our testimonial season isn't it, season 10 So um, we're thinking uh, What do you mean uh,
0: testimonials, I think you've maybe got the wrong word still do you Test- mean anniversary season or or something like that?
1: It's a funny thing. It's uh, a <laughs> testimonial. I, 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 it's a football reference when a player oh, really? plays for a club for ten years to get a testimonial match.
0: Ah, oh, um, of course, that's what you mean, right? Okay, so, yeah, I get you. Yeah, I get you.
1: So we all need to we we'll need to get ourselves a testimonial match. Usually, you, <laughs> you you collaborate with some sort of big opposition. So yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, But yeah, so we're 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 looking at. Uh, Revisiting, eh, uh, and, and reworking some of our content, aren't we? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we've gotten to, so season 10, season 10, big two figures, uh, so yeah, going back and revisiting season one, basically, aren't we? Because season one, I don't, I created season one way back in, um, well, I mean, it started in about 2008 or 2009, PodCraft, because it was a course that I did for... I've talked about this in the podcast before. It was a course that I did uh, for a university that worked at Napier, And it was really just 10 episodes to help the lecturers at that university get an episode out there to their students. It was to help them just take that first step, get over that first barrier to get an episode live, record something that helped their students to learn more effectively. And that kind of... That evolved over five or six years Um during teaching that at the university and eventually I launched that as the first series of podcraft when I came out of the uni and just started doing the podcast host full time so that season is still sitting there having been really originally created back in 2008 um updated really through 12 13 I think maybe 14 too, but still is it's fairly out of date now um so I think it's well worth revisiting but yeah that's the principle it's basically getting your first episode out into the world
1: yeah now 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 you've got uh now you're ably assisted by someone of my caliber as well i well, can't wait to well, see what true. i bring to the table
0: yeah that's true <laughs> that's true uh, yeah obviously being magnitude's better but uh, <laughs> so yeah i mean we t- I talked about the fact just to give a wee summary of it like i say it's the first to get your first episode out there and uh we we've talked we talk about the fact that there's there's so much um There's power in spending time planning and looking really heavily at the strategy and your aims and planning out a season's worth of of episodes ahead of time, planning your first 10 episodes, that kind of thing of of creating three or four or five ahead of time before you launch, because uh, because that can you know, it can help you gain traction and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's all that's all true. We do talk about that, but. On the other side of the coin, so many people just don't ever do it. They don't ever get their first episode out there into the world because that all seems like quite a big job. And it kind of it is quite a big job to be honest. So we're going to take it back to basics. We're just saying, right, screw all that stuff. Just let's do one episode. Let's just do something really simple. Look at the the very basics that we can do to make a good quality One episode just to get that out into the world, get over that, excuse me, that initial barrier, just get that out of the way. And that's you, that's you drawing a line in the sand. You've said, right, look, I'm live. I've got a show live in the world. That means I need to actually keep doing this. (laughs) I need to do something else. I need to do episode two now. I need to do episode three. There's there's a quote that I always um I like. I can't remember. I really need to look this up at some point. It was something around the fact that you know, as soon as you take that first step, as soon as as soon as you make the decision to do something and actually take the first step to doing it, then providence moves with you, and that just means that. It just all becomes easier because you've taken that first step. So that's the principle. It's we're going to make it as simple as humanly possible to get that first episode out there, and from there you can start thinking about the higher level things like the strategy, the the you know the the season that comes, the all of the other things that come with it to really make it successful. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, basically. Uh, I mean, it, it relates to kind of what we've talked about today. Not to to get too bogged down in all the the admin, uh, and just be making sure that you're you're doing stuff you're doing yeah. what you want to do basically
0: yes exactly yeah cool so that's coming we'll, we're going to release that so right now we're recording this in the first of march we'll probably get this out right away won't we so either uh, tomorrow or the start of next week so you're probably listening to this first week or so of march we're looking to do this within the next month so get the first episodes out at the start of april basically first week of april so look out for for that there we'll start getting them out more regularly just to tie it this season, we've been talking about highly produced podcasting. Uh, we'd be remiss not to mention the fact that that's basically what we do um, for clients a lot of the time. So I've talked about the Converge Challenge podcast a few times. That was a, co- a podcast that we did for uh, for a university client talking about it. Actually, I just mentioned they used to work for universities. That was for um, the Converge Challenge competition who really wanted to showcase what they were doing with their clients and really get more traction around what they're doing uh, to get more entries for their competition to to grow their brand to go trust to grow credibility all that stuff and um you know the highly produced podcasting approach could do really well for that so if you're out there listening and you think you want some help with it we can more than happy to help you with that so if you just get in touch you can send over an email to info at com, and we can help you plan out the project plan out um A set of episodes, you know, source the material, all the kit, all the setup, all of that stuff. More than happy to help you with that. And if,
1: uh, if you're looking to, to do it yourself but just looking for some advice or support as well there's the, the podcast host academy uh, and I just wanted to give a wee shout out to one of our clients Tonya who's in there at the moment and I'm mm-hmm. I'm sort of working with her at the moment in the forums, in the community uh, because she's doing a highly produced podcast herself it's this really cool sounding show called the Mars Tribune podcast and the concept of that is like throughout history uh, all these newspaper articles and things like that about Mars—you know uh-huh. what what they thought Mars was like—and people speculating and all these yeah. news reports. And she's basically compiling all these news reports and putting them into this show. And it's, you know, I've I've heard the trailer at the moment. She's been working on a couple of teaser trailers. It's sounding really good, and I'm I'm really looking forward to to sort of working with her to to get that off the ground. So, uh, if you're uh, If you're looking for for some support like that as well, then check out the the Podcast Host Academy. You'll you'll find me in there.
0: Excellent. Yeah, that's at thepodcasthost.com forward slash academy. Or you'll see a, a link to it in the top of our navigation on the main page too all right well thanks for listening uh thanks for following through this entire season i hope you've got a lot out of it i hope you're uh, considering maybe um a highly produced season for your show or uh, even an episode you know i think somebody something that you can make you stand out even if you just do one episode every you know 20 30 maybe the anniversary ones like we we're saying your testimonial episode yeah. your 50th <laughs> 50th or your 100th or something like that you could try a wee highly produced project where you just go out and source more material do a bit of narration just put together something a bit more special so i hope it's been useful for that thanks too for hosting matthew all of your invaluable insights
1: yeah yeah it was nothing really
0: (laughs) (laughs) not nothing but yeah we are okay um so yeah thanks again for listening and we'll see you on the next season of podcraft by the first week of april hope between now and then your podcasting gets on well and we might come out send us those questions might come out with that q a if we get enough in so maybe see you then otherwise we'll see you start of april have fun we'll talk to you then